0: Need something to keep the kids busy this July? Have your kids join the Washington Wizards this summer virtually. The Wizards Basketball Academy is offering free virtual summer camps presented by Under Armour starting on Monday, July 13th. There will be three one-hour sessions per day for four consecutive weeks. The sessions are open for boys and girls of all ages and will focus on skill development that can be done at home with minimum equipment. Sessions are filling up fast. Learn more and register your kids today at dcfamily.com virtual
1: of camp. Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and are featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter at WashWizardsPN and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. I'm Jackson Filio, and on today's episode of Off the Bench, Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring, and I recap the Wizards scrimmage against the Clippers, look ahead to Monday's final scrimmage against the Lakers, and after that, an interview with Troy Brown Jr. All right, guys, two scrimmages down, one to go. We have lots of Los Angeles to talk today. We will recap Saturday's uh, scrimmage against the Clippers and look ahead just briefly to the Wizards' final scrimmage game against the Lakers on Monday night. But like I said, let's start with the Clippers. A five-point loss. Um, much like the first game, lots of positives to take from it. It was Isak Pong over Rihachimura really, really stood out. Still some some struggle points. I think the Wizards are, are going to really have to get creative and find a way to create some space and create some scoring with uh, Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans out. And some of those those struggles shown through, especially when you're playing a team as good as – the Clippers. That's a, as they're not even as deep as they can be or as they will be, but they're still just incredibly deep, physical, long, all sorts of things like that. But um, let's start with the positive. Let's start with Isak Banga, who had don't want to call it a breakout game for a scrimmage situation like this, but for all intents and purposes, he was he was fantastic and backed up a lot of the talk that we heard from coaches and teammates over the last couple weeks.
0: Thank you. I know it is a scrimmage, but I I do actually think you can call it a breakout game because of the opponents and who he was guarding and who he had to go up. I mean, go up against, he was facing Kawhi, Paul George and Marcus Morris essentially. And just the way he was fighting for rebounds and getting to the rim and being aggressive. I think it was a big moment for him and you know, the team couldn't make any free throws all day and he was kind of the only one making them. That was another big part of it too. Um, but you can just see from his teammates how much the whole team rallies behind him because they know how hard he works and how, as Mo Wagner said um, in an earlier article that you wrote, Jackson, just like he embodies everything the Wizards are trying to do. And as you'll hear from Troy Brown um, in our interview today, he reiterated, it's just like everyone knows what he does and what he puts in. And to see a player like that kind of break out and burst onto the scene against you know some quality championship caliber opponent Um, it does a lot for, for Bonga's confidence. And I mean, the kid's 20 years old. He's barely played um, a full season in the NBA. Um, He's been a big prospect most of his teenage years. So I think for him to be like, wow, everything that I've put into this is now, you know, paying off. And then other players, young players on the team see that too. I mean, it's such a positive for this team.
2: I think, Chris, Chris Miller said on Twitter last night, I think, during the game, just that you've always noticed about Isak Banga, his energy, his focus, his work rate, all those things, are, are they're always consistent with him. And I think we've seen time and time again with this development staff that the Wizards have put together that when you have a player like that that has the requisite drive to get it done and in and in this team, they've – They've found ways to make almost all of those players better, and it, it helps Isak, of course, that you know he's got a great frame, great athleticism, and he showed that last night. All of all that that can mean for the Wizards, he rebounded extremely well. Um, we've mentioned before that he's a ball handler, um, kind of beyond what you might expect for his frame as a taller, lankier uh, guard slash forward, and it's all starting to come together with a bigger focus on him and. It's really exciting to see if you're the Wizards because, again, we, with with the seeding games coming up and obviously next season coming up, if you're able to turn a, a, a prospect like Isak Bonga into a two-way rotational player on a team that expects to make the playoffs next year, that's a huge, huge win for the front office, for the coaching staff, for uh, Brad and John. And so I agree. I, I think it was a breakout of sorts. And um, the, the Clippers played a lot of their guys for, I think, maybe even longer than I, I might have initially thought last night. And the Wizards as a whole, I thought, handled it really, really well. Rui Hachimura is another one who, who I thought was very impressive. We, we could talk about him next, get your guys' thoughts on him. But um, he's just continued to be consistent as well in these first two games. And I'm really looking forward to seeing um, when he plays even more minutes, how, how, that, how that
1: translates. Yeah, Chris, and you mentioned the ball handling. That's one thing that really, really jumped out to me Saturday night against the Clippers. We know he can do just a million different little things, and that's kind of what makes him who he is, that that Swiss Army knife-type approach. But with Troy Brown Jr. out with that thumb injury, we knew that there were going to be a few more dribbles and possessions to initiate that that would need to be taken up by somebody other than Shabazz Napier or Ish Smith when when they needed a break from doing that. And it only – manifested itself in one assist but it kind of jumped out to me a little bit just how capable is of initiating the offense and not at an elite level or anything like that like he's not blowing possessions open but he just seems so comfortable with every little thing there aren't a lot of moments where he's um shaken or, or looks like a 20 year old or anything like that and I think that's the most impressive thing and then obviously just to put a couple numbers to the defense Rosen you mentioned that he spent a lot of time on Kawhi Leonard, who was 3 of 16 from the field, 0 of 8 from 3 and finished with just 6 points. Manages to obviously make a ton of impact in the game in other ways, but when you hold somebody like Kawhi Leonard to shooting numbers like that, even in a scrimmage, it it warrants some recognition, and I think Isak is starting to get that. But, Chris, transitioning, like you said, a little bit to Rui, who tied with Isak for the team lead with 15 points last night, um, continues to just be really, really steady for these first through two games.
2: Yeah, and I mean, his volume increased a little bit last night, and, you know, he only shot six for 17. But, again, 10 rebounds when you're looking at who's starting for this team, it's, it's Rui and Thomas down low. And, obviously, rebounding is going to be a team effort. We talked about that a million times this season. But the fact that Rui continues to do that and then his ability afterwards to push the pace himself, he doesn't always have to find an outlet when he rebounds the ball. Um, that gives the the Wizards a really good chance to to create some odd numbers and, and get quick baskets. And I just – I appreciated, appreciated the way that Rui took on the challenge last night of going one-on-one against Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, you know, it wasn't like he was hitting everything that he turned around and took. He wasn't hitting every mid-range jumper. But the confidence that he has in his game to go after guys like Kawhi um, whether it's an exhibition or not, I, I think is really, really promising for the Wizards. I think the volume that he had, the, um, the workload that he's willing to take on is encouraging. And he's done it before his national team. He certainly did it in college. It's not totally surprising, but I just like that he is continuing to do that. He knows that this is a moment for him in, in these seeding games to, to really improve and, and take his game to another level. Both for the present and for the future for this team.
0: Those three guys that we're talking about between Bonga, Troy, and Rui, they're all just so versatile. I mean, they can play three positions. I mean, Troy and Bonga can, well, Bonga more so can play four positions. So um, the way they can play, make, and defend all these different positions, like they're so valuable. And they're young. I mean, Troy turns 21 on Tuesday really just turned 22 thomas bryan is turning 23 this week like it's pretty cool to see um what this team can be in the future and just watching them develop from like day one when they arrived as wizards i mean even for troy and thomas like thinking about their growth um and seeing like what they've been able to do in such a short period of time is pretty cool to see
1: Rose, let's talk rebounding a little bit. You were there in person, and I think it may be a little bit easier to decipher those things when you're on the ground and have a closer view of it. But we talked coming out of the Denver scrimmage about how rebounding was something the Wizards were really going to need to improve and how it was going to be a challenge against a Clippers team that during the regular season this year ranked really, really high. I think it was actually tied for first in opponent rebounds per game. 63 wow. rebounds for the Wizards double doubles like we said from Banga and Hachimura Um, a bunch of the bench big men Jonathan Williams and uh, AP getting in there and and putting up some some pretty high rebounding totals and the final tally was 63 to to 47 against a good rebounding team missing some guys no doubt but a a really really strong performance from you know a standpoint the Wizards needed to improve on
0: yeah I think the Clippers were forced to go small a lot because of their personnel but yeah I mean look at those numbers 22 offensive rebounds um you mentioned some names but I think just the boxing out was really really good that's what I noticed like Joakim Noah is a massive human being and the way they're able to move him out of the way and not let him get rebounds I thought Admiral Schofield though struggled um with foul trouble and and offensively with some of his shots is ac- activity like doing little things setting screens getting rebounds moving people out of the way like all of them Mo Wagner had a few charges per usual, but he was like boxing Joakim Noah out. And I don't know, it just seemed like the wizards right now are, they're not as worried about some of the bigger issues that they had earlier in the year, which were just like straight up defensive strategy and, um, you know, executing the game plan. Like those things are being taken care of themselves because they're doing these little things that are helping them, you know, win games and get close to winning games. I mean, let's be real. The Wizards won this game in theory. Their starters outplayed the other team's starters. And at the end of the game, I mean, the Wizards were playing four guys who were in the G League most of the season, and that's no knock on them. That's just the facts of what happened. So um, I I think, as Scott Brooks said after the game, it was a mental win. And even if it didn't feel like a true win and some fans might be like, oh, they always blow it at the end of the game, it's like, no, the Wizards kind of kicked the Clippers' ass in the third quarter and like really put them away in a way that, yeah, didn't end up counting on the scrimmage scoreboard or whatever you're going to remember from these standings and, and scores. But I, I mean, the Wizards won that game in my head.
2: Yeah. And coach, coach Brooks talks about all, all, how many things on the basketball floor are just purely attitude and effort. And, and the Wizards have come out of the gates in the scrimmages, knowing that that's something that they can control. And it's really cliche. But it worked for them last night. I mean, the attitude and the effort were there. They still didn't shoot the ball very well last night. Uh, there were still players, Rui included, who didn't, you know, didn't shoot a very good percentage. They missed some free throws. But there were part their their the consistency in the energy, like you said, Rose. It, it, they beat the Clippers starters, and I, w- I was just super impressed with that. And it's something that they know that they can do every time they step on the floor, and. As they get to play more together, as they get used to – they get their legs under them, they're going to shoot better. There's almost no way they, they don't start to shoot better in these seating games. You, you never know what can happen. And, and we should mention, too, that um, in terms of making shots, it wasn't a full game uh, thing. But Jerome Robinson in the first half, I thought, really showed what he can do um, playing off the ball. And, and just as a shot maker – think there's something there for him he's obviously young and has a lot of development left um, as a player but you can see what you could see what the Wizards were betting on when they brought him in um, in the in the middle of the season
1: yeah and when it comes to how the game was handled down the stretch Scott Brooks knows this is a scrimmage game and he's not handling these games the same way he would you know a seeding game a week from now he, he right. talked about how and it was a really really hard decision and it's hard to do when the game is close and you want to really go for that win and and get that Uh, that victorious feeling in the locker room and be able to celebrate that. But there's a plan right now, and everybody's working through a very complicated situation. There has been a a ramp-up process that has been determined across the organization that they really need to stick to. And so that is a lot of the reason why you saw um, some more depth uh, used late in the game. And, you know, had the Wizards stuck with the starters who played so, so well, it's probably – a different result but it's it's so important for some of these guys on the bench to get this run and that's what we talk about with this being um a, a win-win situation for the wizards this is an opportunity that not every team in the league has to get this run for these young guys the wizards are trying to figure out what they might have in them and it's valuable it's really valuable uh but rosen like you said the defense in like those second and third quarters was just exactly what we talked about needing to see from the wizards forcing six turn- turnovers in the second quarter and then holding this Clippers team to 18 points in the third quarter, uh, it was fantastic. And I think translating some of that success to the other side of the court is the challenge. It's funny, we talked all year about how Wizards was offense, 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 and it was just, oh, if the defense can just keep up, they'll be in a really good position. And now the defensive effort is showing up and they're putting on some uh, on some good showings, it, it, it's there. But now now the fight is to try and create points and trying to create space on the offensive end. And that is tough when you don't have a Bradley Beal that can handle and initiate the offense. When you don't have a Davis Bertans that creates all the space in the world, as well as any player in the league does. And you, you see some of the effects of it. There's so little space for everybody to deal with, whether it's the perimeter players-ish. You know, As good a ball handler as there is on the team is doing everything he can to create space. And it's, it's just not the same experience as it was during the season when you have the space makers out there. It's tough on the big men who you know, aren't working with nearly as much air as they're normally able to. And you see those effects. The Wizards have not shot the bell well either of these last two games. And, you know, you can chalk that up to matchup. Denver was, as has been noted time and time again in the last few days, just one of the weirdest situations you're going to see, just a massive, massive lineup. And then a really, really good defensive Clippers team. So maybe you don't want to take too much from it, but it, it it goes without saying at this point that the wizards are are, are really going to have to fight to create the points going forward but they will have like we said just one more scrimmage game to work through that against the lakers we don't necessarily know what that is going to look like yet we would have to imagine that los angeles is going to lean on the side of rest for some of those guys and kind of do what the wizards did late in the clippers game and let the bench get some run let the young guys get Get out there and keeping it focused on the wizards. What final touches are you guys looking for the wizards to make just in this last uh, last scrimmage game before we head into seeding play?
0: I think just continue to to move forward with the progress they've made, um, and I would say also, although you know you want to save your your shooting for <laughs> when it really counts, but I think it would help to to just see a few more shots go in the net. Um, and lastly this Lakers team can be intimidating to go up against because of just like all the fun they have and their personalities. I would say like from a mental standpoint, don't get overwhelmed by, you know, their celebrations, their crazy dunks, like just keep playing, run the ball. Like the wizard's legs are so much fresher than the Lakers because the age difference is insane. Like Lakers might have one of the oldest teams in the league, whereas the wizards are the complete opposite.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's building momentum. It's building good habits um, that's what this whole experience in Orlando is about for the Wizards. And it's just continuing to build confidence. But, yes, in, in the short term, for sure, finding that rhythm. And, and I think as they get more comfortable, as they get conditioning under them, I think all those things will improve naturally as you just get into the feel of the game, the environment, everything. And for sure, the Lakers can be a um, – They can be an intimidating team to play up against. But I I think that this team's attitude, the Wizards' attitude, that is, is, um, you know, they're young. They want that challenge. They want to go at the Lakers. They want to go at the Clippers. We saw that last night. And I think as long as they keep that outlook, um, they're going to be able to make the progress that they need to make here uh, in Orlando. and, And that's really all that matters.
1: Yeah, and scrimmage are not always a good experience and fun to watch to go up against a team as good as the Lakers and play against some of that talent. So certainly will be fun to watch for those listening. Uh, early enough, just a reminder that this this Lakers scrimmage is an afternoon tip on NBC Sports Washington, as well a lot of the seeding games uh, you know over the next couple week. Lots of lots of afternoon action for the Wizards, but we are now just a few days away from getting into the real games, which is going to be a really, really fun two week stretch. So that will do it for the three of us here today. We're going to throw it now to an interview with Troy Brown jr. And we will check in again soon.
0: All right guys from Orlando, Zach Rosen here with Troy Brown jr. Vlog star, (laughs) big baller, uh, Troy, it's been, I want to start there first about the vlog. It's been really fun to see it grow, get some recognition, but let's just start from the beginning. How it started and um, how we got to this point.
3: Um, well, just like the whole vlog situation, um, I, saw, I put it on Twitter just to see like the feedback that I would get and stuff like that. I kind of had the idea coming into it just because I knew that people wouldn't be able to get like inside access into like the bubble and stuff and it would be stuff people wanted to see. And so, uh, yeah, I just put it on Twitter just to see what everybody would say and to get some feedback and people were really excited about it. So we had to go ahead and start that up. <laughs> and I mean, it's kind of taken out a life of its
0: own at this point, you right. probably, I mean, The Wizards have helped you get it going, you know, with having multi-weekly episodes and, like, editing a little bit and stuff like that. But um, did you think it would become something like this, or did you think maybe, you know, I'll put some stuff
3: out every once in a while? Um, I mean, from the sense of... Like how big it's grown and like how much people are like expecting it, and like you know people are like really anticipating the videos, I not from that standpoint, but from a content standpoint, I kind of knew what I wanted to do, and like just based off the opportunities, like especially like with the people we have in the organization and like all my teammates like being really good dudes, I knew like eventually like people would love to see the content, so it definitely has grown into something that has been bigger than anything I can imagine to be honest with you so.
0: You uh, are obviously, like, interested in content. Right. You've talked about podcasts, obviously, now with this vlog. Like, what do you – I mean, you're turning 21 Tuesday, but, like, as a young player in this league, like, do you have a vision
3: of, like, how you would want to continue to do this and, like, bring it beyond that basketball? Um, I would just say just because basketball is my main focus and, like, that's my number one goal is to just keep getting better as a player. I feel like the – the ideas and stuff are always like on the side, but like I want to set it up to where like, you know, like I don't even know how to explain it. Like I want to make sure that like I'm doing what I feel is important to me, and so the vlog has really given me a chance because I wanted to do like sports broadcasting like when I uh, retired, and so the vlog is just giving me another opportunity to kind of like show the fun side of myself while also like putting my own videos out and showing I'm capable of doing stuff like that. And so um, from this point standpoint, I mean, the YouTube thing doesn't have any type of boundaries. I could do anything from video games to vlogging to, you know, posting like, you know, highlights and podcasts and stuff. So um, that definitely gives me a good platform to be on.
0: Do you have like a dream episode right now? Like that we're in the bubble. I mean, I know some of your, there's limitations. There's no doubt, but do you have like, If you could do one thing here in the bubble, like, is there something on your
3: mind? Um, I would definitely say the bowling alley uh, to get like all of my teammates to go and then to kind of like record that. I think that would be like super fun to have everybody there. And because everybody loves the bowl, even regardless of if you're trash or not, like people, (laughs) it's just fun. Like, it's just something really fun. Who do you think the best bowler is on the team? The best bowler? I know John's really good, but he's not with us. That's yeah, I heard that. when We had the bowling event in DC. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, uh I would probably say Jerome, maybe uh he's so good at everything, yeah, he's like really like like he has like this knack for like like accuracy when it comes to like certain stuff it's like crazy like yeah. I don't, yeah. fishing he's been
0: really into. Right. I know you're going to, it'll be in the next episode, you're going to go fishing right later yeah. today, yeah. Um, something you've never done. Right. So yeah. the vlog is also giving you opportunities to try things you've never done.
3: Exactly, exactly. So
0: um, Transitioning a little bit to the court now, I know you had a minor setback. You missed Saturday's game, um, but, you know, you'll be good. You're, you're ready to go for the regular season once it begins. Um, but what do you see your
3: role is here right now? I mean, you obviously had a, a big game uh, in our first exhibition game. Um, I would just say like, even though with the thumb, like it was like a quick step back, but I feel like I'll be fine, Uh, definitely be ready for the first regular season game. But the biggest thing is just for me to come out here and show my leadership. Honestly, um, even with the thumb injury, like the gym is quiet, (laughs) you can hear everything. So I was just trying to be vocal and keep on talking and keep on like reminding players certain stuff and just show that side of me of that I'm capable of handling that role. And so from there, just to keep on getting better and, you know, keep on improving.
0: Do you think like the, those workouts that we did during quarantine like really helped your ball handling, your conditioning? Because not only you, but it seems like so many guys on the team, their ball handling is just way better now.
3: Yeah, I would say so. Uh, definitely, just because we were doing it about like twice a week. Um, I know for me specifically, like in the mornings, like I would do ball handling for conditioning, and then hop on the Zoom call, and it would be a part of the Zoom call too. So I would definitely say that helps. You can kind of see guys' skill level looks right. a little better from, regardless of it's like going to like the four or to the one. Everybody's ball handling looks pretty solid, so.
0: Speaking of guys that have clearly gotten better, right. Bonga had a huge game Saturday. I know you weren't yeah. on the floor with him, but right. I mean, the whole team was fired up just because of who he is and yeah. what he, you know, what he embodies is kind of what the Wizards want to do. Right? What were your, you know, your reactions and then just. How has he gotten better? Because yeah. he seems like a completely different player than mm-hmm. when he first arrived in D.C. about a year ago. Yeah,
3: and like you said, just like embodying the whole development thing, and he's definitely one of those players that he's improved tremendously throughout the year that he's been with us, and I think everybody can see that. Um, he went out there, and I would just say the biggest improvement for him is like confidence-wise. Like the same thing I always talk about. like This our second year. Uh, the first year was kind of like a trial run, and then the second year is more so of like, okay, this is what I need to do. I know what I'm good at. And so you could just see that level of confidence in him. And he's definitely definitely been developing his muscle and stuff like that and getting stronger. You saw him had a couple and ones yesterday. And like you said, everybody's really happy for him just because he works so hard. When you think about now the
0: regular season, I know it's, it's going to be a tall task. There's no question about that. You guys are missing basically three of your most important players right. in terms of points and you know, production. Right. What can this young group do to, to kind of win people over
3: and show, hey, we can still carry our own weight. I feel like the biggest thing for us is that everybody on the team is so selfless. Um, we all go out there, we all play hard. Even um, on Saturday's game, you saw that, you know, regardless of who's in the game or who we're playing against we're gonna give 110 and that's something that we talked about at the beginning of the year and something I feel like a lot of the guys are really sticking to so um, that and then us just playing together I feel like we do a great job of that and just playing in transition and playing fast what do you want
0: to leave this bubble and it can be personally professionally mentally what do you want to leave this bubble with
3: Honestly, I'm mean, the biggest thing for me personally is just knowing that I gave 110 to the opportunity I had. Um, this is one of those things that for me, I'm not taking this for granted. I'm not taking this very lightly, um, even though it is considered regular season games or um, something like that. I mean, for me personally, I feel like this is a big opportunity to show what I'm capable of, and not a, a lot of uh, not a lot not an opportunity a lot of guys get, um, especially being a second year guy. And so knowing who we're gonna have next year, and like you said, having everybody back um for next season and stuff like that is really gonna you know change my role and so with this role right now I just want to make sure I come in and show what I'm capable of when you think about like
0: from there like your next step and your your evolution right I I feel like you went from you know you come in you're this multi-talented you can play both ends of the floor you're like a glue guy right now you're a ball handler a passer you can play point yeah what do you think is next for you
3: Um, I would say the big thing for me is just the three-point shooting. I feel like once I get solid with that, I feel like for me, then it's just all about confidence. Um, I feel very confident in my three-pointer right now, but um, once I can get it consistent to where, like, I shouldn't have to worry about it, I know I'm a great shooter. I feel like at that point um, I'm able to kind of do everything and every facet of the game at a high level.
0: For the three-point shooting, you know, it's just continuing to shoot. Right, exactly. 500 threes a day. Right, yep. It takes a lot of practice. I mean, even some of your teammates have gotten so much better at three-point shooting. We right, Bonga, Thomas Bryant. Yep. Um, but when that all clicks, it just feels like this team has everything else down. Yeah, for effort. sure. the
3: the shooting will come and you're missing your two best shooters so it doesn't make it any easier exactly yeah I mean the biggest thing is just like you said like we get each other open looks and once we can consistently start shooting especially like you saw in the first game we were right there and if we had just made a couple more shots we win that game and so I feel very strongly about that do you feel like after you played the Clippers
0: I know the Lakers game is still on the horizon it's scrimmage but still did you guys feel different playing Kawhi and PG mm-hmm. than you did earlier in the year because I feel like there were times maybe
3: where the, the younger team was like oh wow we're going up against these guys right, right. now but it seemed different on Saturday um, to me one thing that I definitely noticed is everybody was a lot more comfortable but the biggest thing I would say is just the atmosphere like when you're playing in those big arenas and like you're in la like that has a lot of yeah Yeah. like that has a lot of say so in it but then when you step on the court here there's no fans there's no extra stuff there's no like loud noises and all this like stuff going on chanting for the clippers and so it's like one of those things where it's like we're just playing basketball now like all the extra stuff is out the window so now we're just out here hooping and i think that really helped the guys out there. So what do you think of like the atmosphere?
0: I know yesterday was like a home game for us. It was kinda cool right. to hear, you know, welcome to D C. Right. The graphics are really
3: cool. Yeah. Did it feel different than the Denver game? Um, For me personally, like just being on the sidelines, it didn't feel any different, Um, but that's just because the whole atmosphere here is just, like I said earlier, it kind of reminds me of Summer League, like a Summer League vibe, and so um, I I think everybody's just out here playing basketball, and I I honestly feel like a lot of guys are more comfortable playing like this than they are in big arenas.
0: Yeah, it's different on your mental. Exactly you don't have to think about that, right? right. Like, you're at the free throw line mm-hmm. and you're like, there's no distractions. Although it's no. funny when yeah. you hear, like, I know the Clippers were kind of talking when, right right, when we'd shoot, kind of like you would in, like, a high school
3: game. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: it's interesting, like, if there's going to be, like, sportsmanship, like,
3: unwritten rules for right. that kind of stuff. Right, and they're saying they're going to do the fans on the screens. Right. Like, we'll see. Are they allowed to, like, be vocal mm-hmm. or, like, are they allowed to talk, chant for teams? Like, so we'll see how that works. But... Um, one other thing, you know, the
0: organization, Monumental, the Mystics, the Wizards launched uh, a partnership with When We All Vote, and I right. know that you posted along with all your teammates about it.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, when we're recording this right now, it's 100 days till Election Day. Right. You just, I know you're not part of like the main committee, but just you know being a part of the general conversation, just the progress that the teams have made together about right. you know making
3: societal change. Yeah. Um, I would say just in that situation, it's just for me personally, it's good to be a part of it. Um, especially like you said, like I'm not in the committee and they still bring it to me and still give me a voice and being able to publicize that even though I didn't have anything to do with it. You know, that, that definitely means a lot to me because at the end of the day, these are opinions and stuff that I feel very strongly about. So for them to bring it to me without me having to ask for it, it's huge. And so and to have that support from them and for them to include us in that stuff is is really dope. Are
0: are you planning to, you know, extend those conversations? I know you're wearing uh, something on the back of your jersey. Right. Um, How do you think, you know, the team can continue to to do that besides, you know, the things that's on the court, it's on the back of the jersey? What are some of the things we can do here
3: in the bubble? Um, I mean, the biggest thing I would just say is uh, our platforms. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, um we are some of the biggest stars we have some of the biggest stars in the league like and people idolize them and so to be able to voice those opinions and kind of be able to say what's on your mind and people really recognize that and respect it i think that's the biggest thing and then from there we just have to we're in the bubble so it's not too much we can do but just try to make sure that people stay focused on the fact that stuff isn't blowing over and that this isn't one of those things where time elapses and then it just goes away so
0: well troy Big Twenty One coming on Tuesday. <laughs> um, Want to thank you for joining us. Uh, everyone needs to continue to check out his blog. His YouTube channel is uh, Troy Brown Six. Um, you can also see it on the Wizards channels. Um, and Troy, we'll look forward to seeing you back on the court this week. Regular season starting up again on Friday, which is right. exciting. <laughs> um, I feel like we well we've been here almost what three weeks three now, weeks. so um, we're ready. I yep. think everyone's locked in from from the Wizards end. And any last thoughts from you? uh no that's it that's it all right well we're out from here uh we'll talk to you guys soon